Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed-End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed-end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on global equities with the manager of the Aberdeen Total Dynamic Dividend Fund and the Global Dynamic Dividend Fund, ticker symbols AOD and AGD, respectively, Mr. Josh Dietz. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for joining us from New York. Hope all's well. Let's begin with your outlook on dividends and global equities in general after 12 plus months of COVID-19. I think it's important to take a step back and understand what happened to dividends during 2020. So we saw globally listed companies, dividends were down about 12% in 2020 versus 2019. And It varied across regions. So in the U.S., for instance, dividends were actually up about 2%, where in Europe, ex-UK, they were down roughly 30%. The U.K. themselves were down over 40% of the dividends. And I think there's a few things that happen. Number one, in the U.S., companies tend to pay, um, tend to buy back a lot more shares of stock. So they really stop buying back shares, especially in the second quarter, and maintain their dividends. And then slowly throughout the year, we started to see companies slowly start to repurchase shares. So that's really what happened. So it's really a very poor year in 2020 for dividends. So saying all of that, companies during the year still paid roughly $1.3 trillion in dividends in 2020. Now looking at 2021, if you look at in the United States, Companies have the highest level of cash on their balance sheets since the post-GFC period. So a huge amount of cash there, which will support a rebound in CapEx and an increase in dividends, we believe. So we do think that dividends will be higher in 2021 versus 2020, supported by all of the cash on their balance sheets. And we're starting to see the economies rebound as well. And that's really supported by a tremendous amount of fiscal and monetary stimulus. In the U.S., we just passed a $1.9 trillion stimulus package, which is about 9% of GDP. And to put that in perspective, during the GFC, we had $0.8 trillion of stimulus being passed. So less than half of the latest bill. And if you look at the total amount, we passed as $5.1 trillion of stimulus Um, since this crisis began. So just a tremendous amount of fiscal stimulus. And then you add to that the monetary stimulus where we have extremely low interest rates globally. um, And the Fed, the BOJ, the ECB, all increasing the money supply. So a lot of fiscal and monetary stimulus we believe will support the economies. And then you throw on the fact that economies are now opening up um, because more and more people are being vaccinated, Israel being the model of vaccinating over 50% of their country. The U.S. and the U.K. are now on track, and we think Europe is lagging, um, but will still open up shortly. So we think there's a good chance that dividends will rise and economies will be strong for the next couple of years. That really is an amazing number, uh, Josh, that you mentioned on the total stimulus versus uh, prior um, stimulus events. I'm just curious, what's the mood 
among companies and management in particular uh, that you've been speaking with around the globe? So I think basically companies are somewhat cautiously optimistic. I know that's somewhat overused, but they have reason to be. And I think it's interesting because a lot of companies use this crisis really to cut costs and improve their balance sheets, and we should see margin expansion for some companies because they really had a focus on their costs. Because remember back a year ago in March of last year, no one really understood the how long this would last, the consequences of it. So you really had to be very vigilant in cutting costs. So I think that makes companies better and improve for the long run. So you're able to cut out some of the fat. So I think that's a positive. And you're starting to see that even on the dividend side. I mentioned um, earlier how companies overall globally, dividends are down about 12%. But if you look <clears throat> if you look at the fact that they're down 12%, now we're starting to see companies increase dividends again and even pay special dividends. We saw quite a number of special dividends in the first quarter, and partly that was companies selling businesses and using the cash um, to pay dividends, but also some make-up dividends. So I do think companies um, are hopeful, and I think especially once the economies really start opening up and people go out and spending money again. Thank you. And have you reshaped the portfolio at all? in light of these changing environments? You know, we definitely do reshape it constantly. We're constantly updating the portfolio. We, But we do generally invest in companies for the long term with good fundamentals. Um, and we and we do take advantage of change, right? When companies reach their price targets, we'll look to sell them and when we think they become expensive. And one thing that we really have looked for over the past three, four, five months are companies that we believe that should benefit from the reopening and were really um, <clears throat> either their valuations did not reflect the fact that they should participate in the reopenings. Those are the type of companies that we would look for. Now, some companies obviously are way ahead of the curve and their stock prices rebounded beforehand, but we found plenty of companies that we believe should be beneficiaries of the reopening that were good companies that were sold down um, unfairly, in our opinion, and we look to buy those. And, and on the reverse, other companies who benefited from um, the crisis, we would look to sell because we felt some of the valuations were higher, and once everything reopens, they no longer would be um, strictly the beneficiary of that. And Josh, uh, we're in a very low interest rate environment, uh, a lot of uh, cheap money for borrowing out there. Um, I'm just curious on the fund's current position on leverage uh, or gearing, um, and if you do apply it, have you been able to use it to your advantage? In general, we try not to lever the fund. And I think that you will see a very small amount of leverage in AOD and AGD at points, generally under 5%. I don't remember the last time we were above 5%, and generally it's you know, 1%, 2 3%, and that's partly for dividend capture, despite the low environment. And I agree, when the market's going up, everyone says we should totally be leveraged and everything's great. Markets are volatile, and I think what happened, the good example what happened last year going into the beginning of 2020 when everything seemed rosy and the markets were great, and all of a sudden coronavirus hit, if we were leveraged, we would have been forced sellers and it would have destroyed capital for shareholders. So in general, we don't like to leverage. We believe that investors looking for global dividends are want a more conservative approach to it. 
Um, so those are the types of companies we're trying to invest in, and we try to limit the volatility of the fund and leverage just add to volatility. And it's great when everything's working out and you have low interest rates, markets are moving straight up. But when you do see a downturn, it does um, negatively impact the portfolio and investors. So we generally don't have leverage. And again, if we do, it's you know one to five percent. Right. And yeah, you mentioned that you know, being a forced seller is something you don't want to be in a position to be in. So this this brings me to sort of switching gears a bit. Uh, AOD and AGD are a closed-end fund vehicle in the structure. And from your perspective as a portfolio manager, how does the closed-end fund vehicle itself help you to effectively manage a portfolio of global equities? It, it, it works in a few different ways. As you mentioned, I'm not a forced seller when we have withdrawals, and I don't have to have cash on the balance sheet for withdrawals. And then when the market's going up and you see inflows, you're not constantly chasing the market. That's one way um, that it's an advantage to have a closed-end fund. And also the other advantage is this is a closed-end dividend-paying fund, and it really allows me to prepare and make sure we're able to pay a steady, consistent dividend because I don't have to worry about the inflows and outflows and how many shares we have at a certain um, point. And it could the amount of dividends you need then changes. So this way I know the number of shares outstanding consistently. We could plan for the dividend and make sure our investors are receiving a dividend um, throughout the year. And finally, Josh, what would, what would you say to clients to give them comfort that they should invest in global equities today? We love the diversification of global equities. If you look at the U.S. and things seem to be going well right now, we're still in a point, right? We we expect strong GDP, but really we're spurred by a tremendous amount of fiscal um, and monetary stimulus. And when we look at it, um, we expect the deficit to increase as a percentage of GDP this year, despite GDP growing. The twin deficits, meaning the trade and budget deficits, as a percentage of GDP, are at the highest level ever since the U.S. went off the gold standard. And right, the twin deficits could lead to uh, depreciation of the dollar, um, which could have a longer-term impact on inflation, interest rates, stocks. So we think being globally diversified is very important, especially at this point in the cycle of and what's gone on in the United States. We still like the United States. We still have positions in the United States, but we think having a, a diversified portfolio as we're opening up, it will be, be a benefit to our investors. If you think about the as I mentioned, Israel, the U.S., the U.K. are the first economies probably fully open eventually, but then you, ha you have Europe lagging behind. So you want to, to me, I, I want to invest um, and be diversified globally across not only countries, but also sectors. And that's why we really like taking a global approach to investing. Thank you, Josh, for the, your insights today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the funds at www.aberdeenaod.com and aberdeenagd.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen Standard Investments. Do look out for future episodes.